You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Okay, good. Good. Joy and hope. I was saying to Ruth before before coming this morning, do you know, this is one of those um, topics that is more caught than taught. It's one of those topics that really we experience rather than we try and teach somebody about, isn't it? Yeah? I mean, if you understand me, it's... it's it, Joy and hope, it's not something we can necessarily teach, it's something we can encourage, but it's something we have to experience and know for ourselves. You have to experience it, I have to experience it, it has to be our own reality. What I wanted to start with was um, a verse from Romans 15, of no PowerPoint today, so um, you're able to to, uh, focus on the word. If you've got a Bible, great. If you haven't, uh, maybe you've got it on your phone, on an app. If you haven't got it, your Bible or on, on an app on your phone, maybe you should consider one or the other. be a good idea. Um, so Romans 15, verse 13. It's a blessing that comes at the end of, or towards the end of Paul's great letter to the Romans. And uh, something that means a lot to me personally, and it, it goes along these lines. It's certainly in my version here. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow, wow. I mean, I don't know about you, but I I go back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, okay. Let me read that again. May the God of hope. Ah, you're the God of hope. Oh, that's so good. I don't know about you. I I was born in Wolverhampton. Some people will say, what more hopeless place could there be? Uh, I was born in a council house in Wolverhampton. Oh, really? Seriously? Uh, brought up by um, great parents, um, but um, um, you know, from my mom's side, maternal grandparents were never married. Uh, my grandma was born somewhere in the century before the century, um, 18, late 1800s, and uh, um, never married. Had three children by two fathers. You know, back then that was pretty, pretty much a shameful thing. So shame and guilt hung over our household, and yet we didn't know why, because it was never spoken about. Not just that, but my grandfather on my mother's side, so the same same side, um, we really don't, I never knew him. We don't know much about him. For some reason, uh, it would seem that um, he maybe have been put away in prison for a period of time. We think he shot a policeman. We believe he was to do with the IRA in the early days. He was a Kennedy. It seems possible. But that all filtered through our house and into our household. My father's side, uh, a black country family. And uh, talk about maybe no hope. Down the pit, mining, black country because of the fact of the coal and the dirt and everything else that's there. I mean, really, I mean, I'm painting a black picture. But, you know, there is a sense in which one could be really hopeless. Dad died when I was 13 of cancer. I tell you, there are things that you could really, we, we could all tell our story, couldn't we? And we could all be hopeless. We could all look at the news and, and the situation in Syria and the, the terrible news about the chemical attack and then on the other hand, the terrible news about the missile strike, which is right, I have no idea at all, but both are bad in the sense that they are not bringing hope to the world. And hope is what we need to be about, and joy is what we need to be about. And I've got way off track here, but may the God of hope, yeah? May the God of hope, and I start there and go, wow, that's great, that's really good. And that fills me with that sense of certainty. Fill you with all joy and peace. 
two things together, joy and peace. Peace, that peace, as I said in the prayer earlier, that peace that comes from God, that peace that is shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, everything as it should be exactly well in God. Wow. And the joy that comes from that, because you know that that's the truth. As you trust in him, so there's a part that we have to do, as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that you may overflow with hope, so that you can be contagious. Yeah? So that you can overflow with hope. Do you know, if, if you walk into a room and you are sad and feeling down, then those around you will also come to, you know, it's just natural empathy that they will also come to that level. If you walk into a room smiling and full of life, there will be a lifting in that room. They, others may not realize it or recognize it, but there will be. So we can be contagious by the power of the Holy Spirit. So there's something we do and there's something God does by his Holy Spirit in us. So I think that, I mean, to me, that verse just encapsulates so much. It really means a lot to me. Uh, and uh, um, for my uh, birthday a couple of years ago, uh, Ruth had it engraved on a little plaque for me, which sits in the study. And, and that, to me, is a blessing that sits there that I look at, and it's a blessing over me. And so I'm going to put it here this morning as a blessing over us as a church as we speak. It's just symbolic. It's just something silly in a sense. But it's symbolic to say that God wants that blessing to be over us as I speak this morning. So listen with the ears to hear the blessing he wants to bring to you. Yes? Okay, good. So let's be interactive. What is the difference between joy and happiness? What would you say joy is? Oh, okay. Joy is deeper. Happiness is temporary. That was good. One on this side. So someone on this side. Happiness based on circumstances, joy isn't. Joy comes from another place. Yeah, it's really good. It's good. Anybody in the balcony want to offer anything? Don't feel pressurized. It's fine. Okay, anybody else? Any other thoughts? Joy, happiness. Yeah, there is that real sense, isn't there, that it's something he gives to us. Happiness, everyone can have happiness. To some extent, everyone can have joy, but not everyone can have the joy of the Lord. And, you know, we read in Scripture, don't we, in, in um, oh, I think it's Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's where our strength comes from. So, so joy, happiness. Okay. I want to read just a, a little, um, little funny story. Well, sort of funny and sort of sad at the same time. So, apparently, there was this writer in America who went to church one Sunday and uh, couldn't help, as they went in the church and sat down, couldn't help but noticing a little boy who was looking around, you know, as little boys do, and smiling at everybody. And she just couldn't help but notice this little boy. He wasn't being naughty. He wasn't being noisy. He wasn't messing around or playing up in any way. He wasn't disturbing anyone else. He was just sitting there, smiling at everybody. But when his mother noticed, she shook him and said in a loud whisper, Stop that! We're in church!
This is, this is a true story. The boy started to cry, and the mother said, that's better, and carried on praying. Sad, isn't it? But sometimes, sometimes we come to church and we sort of expect to be a bit like that. We sort of come to church and we don't really have that joy in us and we don't really necessarily want to share that joy. Maybe you do. Maybe, maybe I'm preaching to the, the congregation, no, to, to the choir, is what they say, don't they? Here, maybe you're, 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 you're up with that, but maybe sometimes you come and you're feeling, mm, no, that's not the sort of thing we do in church. Straight faced. We don't hear. We're much more full of joy and energy. Somebody else said, and I like this, joy, because of the fact that this boy was smiling and grinning and that was what he got told off for. Somebody else said a definition of joy. Joy is a feeling of grinning on the inside. Love that. Joy is a feeling of grinning on the inside. It's that sort of, oh, yes, ah, so good. Um, <laughs> okay, well, but, you know, and... Part of what I want to share, because as I say, it's about what's caught rather than taught, and it's a bit about my experience and our experience. And, you know, um, I will catch myself, and this might seem odd to you, and you may not be able to, to relate exactly to it, but I will catch myself in some um, places I have to go to work. And I will find myself sitting looking at a beautiful sunset of the mountains and the lake and just laugh to myself say really i have to do this this is such hard work really god this is what you want me to do because there's that sense of wow i'm right in his purpose and then there's another time i'm sat at an airport and i'm delayed and i'm waiting hours on end and yet again that just bubbles up inside ah oh, this is what you want me to do god ah huh, so good so good the two are contrasting. The two seem totally different, and yet God works on the inside and makes you go, oh, yes, that's good. Okay, maybe not. I thought it related, but maybe it doesn't. So some have said that joy is not so much an emotion, sorry, I guess like happiness, but rather a character trait. Sort of, you know, he's a, he or she is a joyful person, yes? You understand what I mean when I say that? Some others have suggested that joy is not a matter of personality, but a godly mindset. For as someone thinks, so they are. I don't think that's true. I think that's true. But I would also like to say that joy is not so much a mindset, even a godly one, as a heart attitude or a spirit passion. It's something that is far more deep-seated. It's not just the mind. It's the heart and spirit. It's right deep within. The, the, the spirit of God alive in us brings joy to the fore. Joy is tied up with our spirit being. You and I, as you know, are made up of flesh and spirit, of soul, mind and will, of body and spirit, and we're an integral whole with our spirits at our center. Joy is tied up with our spirit being in such a way that we are now alive by the power of resurrection life and the Holy Spirit living within us. Now next week we've got Easter, and Easter, oh, the big thing about Easter, Oh, wow. So they've dropped Easter off Easter eggs. Honestly, seriously, if it's about chocolate and eggs, we're missing something, folks. Really missing something. It is the time we celebrate the most significant thing that ever happened in the universe. Wow. It's not about Easter eggs. It's not about chocolate. It's, I mean, you know, come on. 
It's about new life. It's about resurrection life. It's about having that resurrection life. That's why it's tied to hope. So it's about our certainty. It's about our hope. It's about our revelation of the glorious inheritance available to us because of the fact that Jesus has risen from the dead. Okay, I'm going to skip some stuff because I've got more than I can cover. I want to read this from, um, from one of the Psalms. It's from Psalm 16, but uh, you might not want to turn to it because it's actually from the Passion Translation, and if you don't have that, it's a little bit different. So listen with ears to hear this morning. It's from Psalm 16, and it's what's quoted by Peter on, in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost. And what the psalmist says is in this translation goes this way. Because you, God, are close to me and always available, my confidence will never be shaken. For I experience your wraparound presence every moment. I love that. Your wraparound presence. Mm. My heart and soul explode with joy, full of glory. Even my body will rest confident and secure. For you will not abandon me to the realm of death, nor will you allow your Holy One to experience corruption. For you bring me a continual revelation of resurrection life, the path to the bliss that brings me face to face with you. I just love the way that's written. The way that gives that intimacy and that experience that we can have with Father. In that presence of his, we can draw close to him. And he brings us revelation, continual revelation of resurrection life. You might know, perhaps in the more traditional version, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so I just wanted to you know, practically say, well, how do we gain this joy? Well, one of the ways we do it is, is through building our own hope up. Yes, absolutely. And I was hoping we could talk a bit about that, but maybe not this morning, maybe some of the time. But certainly it's about being in his presence. Being in his presence. It's as we're in God's presence, we gain that fullness of joy. Do you know that fullness is just the same as you could say when we talk about Jesus and he came for life and life in all its fullness? It's about abundance. It's about an overflow. There is an overflow of joy in the presence of God. But you know, in, in, in the NIV translation, verse 8 there of that same passage says, I have set the Lord continually before me. So just like we started with, there's the bit that we do and the bit that God does. Yeah? So God has given us the opportunity by the Lord Jesus Christ to live resurrection life. He's given us the opportunity to be in his presence, to spend time with him. But it's up to you and me to make the decision to be in his presence, to make the decision to stop and to hear him speak to us. I have set the Lord continually before me. I have set, I have placed, I am putting something in its rightful place. I'm putting the presence of God where it should be, right before me. Now, um, two extra pages and notes which we'll forget about. The presence of God. There are lots of different ways we can experience the presence of God. Some of us experience the presence of God in very... Um, uh, physical 
sort of really connecting with us sort of ways. And, you know, there have been those times when uh, literally in this place, God has put me on the floor and I've experienced his joy with laughter overflowing. I don't know about anybody else, but I have. I remember the time I was carried out from this place and somebody took me home as if I was drunk because I couldn't stop laughing with the joy that the Lord had put inside me because he'd met me in his presence. Amazing. But is that something I crave for? No. That was a one-off experience for that point in time. Now, maybe I have others, and there were other times, of course. But God meets us at our point of need, and that was what I needed at that time. If you're in a significant crisis, God will meet you with a significant answer to that crisis. Yes? Okay. But then there are those other times when you have those small moments of presence of God inside you. In your daily quiet times. I hope everybody's having daily quiet times, daily times with God, where you just make some time and set it aside and say, that is my space where, God, you can speak to me and I come into your presence. Is it hard? No. It's very simple. We've talked about it here before. It's a case of simply being still and knowing that God is God and asking for his presence to be more evident to us, for us to be more aware of him, to know him deep inside us. You know, the, the Old Testament writers talked about the spirit and the heart, and they were thinking not the heart as we think of as the pumping organ, but they were thinking more of the bowels inside, deep inside. And there's that sense that his presence is deep inside us. Because the Holy Spirit lives in each one of us. If we know him, he lives in us, doesn't he? And if he lives in us, and we have fullness of the Holy Spirit within and we thank him for that we can know that presence and now we can draw on that day by day and we can draw on that in those difficult moments we can walk into a room and as we walk into the room we can change the atmosphere in the room by bringing an atmosphere of joy by saying Father thank you by your Holy Spirit you're present with me now and I take your joy into this place I take your hope into this place we can practically do that folks it's something that's possible Something that's possible. So this morning, really dotted all over the place. I hope you're getting something from this. <laughs> oh dear. Because I'm going to come back to another verse that is in here. So, and a quotation. So this is a quotation from one of the pastors at, at Bethel Church. And he says this, We need to establish a stronghold of joy in our lives in order to be victorious in trying times. Yeah? And now that might be someone prays for you and you experience that instant power of God coming upon you and you get that joy and you start overflowing with laughter. Or it might be in that moment, in the quiet moment in your room as you pray. Or it might be as you uh, simply are walking down a corridor or walking into your, your business place and you know that God is with you. We need to establish a stronghold of joy in our lives in order to be victorious in trying times. Where there's no hope for the future, there's no power for the present. Just want to think about it. When we have abounding hope, it propels us into the thing that God has for us. I love that. Propels us. There is an action to it. There's a movement. There's a momentum. May the God of hope mm, propel us into that future. And Proverbs 17:22 again in the Passion Translation, a joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul. 
And that's how we started today. It brings healing to both body and soul. A cheerful, joyful heart. But one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. Where there is no hope, it pushes down and crushes us. And that's why I wanted to save that one to the end. Do you know, if today you are feeling, you're in a place where you're going, Robin, what are you talking about? I don't experience joy. Robin, there's no way I can do what James commanded us to do, to count all tests, trials, and tribulations joy. I can't do that today. If you're sitting there today and thinking, no, actually, do you know what? I do not have any hope in this situation. Or have a, a mere glimmer and I'm really not sure what to do. If that's you today, if in some way you're feeling desperate, down, and needing to be uplifted, then this message is for you today. Because God wants to say that he wants to lift you up to a new place. He wants to give you a joy that comes from deep down. It's a deep down joy. It's a deep down joy that wells up and overflows just like Holy Spirit lives within us and wells up and overflows and comes out from us. He wants to minister his joy to you today. He wants to minister his hope to you today. It's possible. All you have to do is reach out and receive the free gift. It's true with almost everything that our generous God gives to us. All we have to do is say, God, I receive it. God, I receive it. And if you're anything like me, you'll fight it. And the pride will come. And you'll say, no, I can do it. I can sort it out. I can, no, that's fine, that's fine. I'll deal with it. But God wants us just to say, no, Lord, come. Come into my situation. Come into my circumstance. Sort this out for me. So, um, waffled on, wandered around. Come back to Romans 15, 13. Let me read it once again as the blessing over us. And then let's pray together. May the God of hope fill you and me and all of us with all joy and peace as we trust in him so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we just come right now and we, we metaphorically put our hands out in front of us saying that we give you everything and we have nothing that... Uh, we want to hold back from you. We completely surrender to you today. And as we put our hands out to you and give you everything in the same way, Lord, we receive from you everything you want for us. Lord, we receive your hope today. We thank you that there is a resurrection life and that we can live it and that you have given it to us. It's something that has been released to us freely by your grace. Father, we thank you. We can trust you. We can hold on to that trust. We can hold on to you and hold on to your word, knowing that it will always produce that which you've sent it forth to do. Oh, Lord, we thank you for the hope that you've given us. We thank you for the hope of the resurrection life that we are going to not just live in this world, but be with you in heaven for all eternity. Lord, we thank you for the hope that we can draw heaven down into this world and see you make a difference in my life and in the lives of those people that I touch and that we touch. And Father, right now, we ask that you will come and fill this place with hope and fill this place with joy, that there will be a depth of peace and a certainty of your presence. Holy Spirit, that you will move in this place. 
Holy Spirit of God, from person to person, from seat to seat, from those that even aren't here, that they will know your presence touching them even right now for some strange reason that you have spoken to those that are the ones that we've prayed for earlier this morning, that you are touching those that are our friends and our neighbors and those that we hold dear right now. We release you, Holy Spirit, to do your work amongst us. Release your joy. We release your hope. We bring an atmosphere of, of hope and joy to every situation we go into. We're believing for you to, even as we leave today, as we go back home, to bring a, an atmosphere of hope and joy to our home. And we look to call the good things out from those people that we meet. We thank you for the joy you've given us, the sense of certainty and security, and the knowledge that we are yours and you are always ours. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.